Hi folks, welcome to stage 19 of the Tour de France. We're getting there. Once again, this Tour de France refuses to follow the script. What we're seeing now is a couple teams, we're getting towards the end, and they're seeing, crap, we better hurry up and win a stage. Uh, a little bit of desperation, and it made for a tough, complicated race today. We had groups all over the road, we had GC guys missing splits, we had breakaways out of breakaways, we had Campanerts going crazy again, we had a Gruppetto that was 10 minutes down. That's how you know it was a hard stage. And finally, another nail-biter close finish. I gotta give today an 8 out of 10. You really wanna watch the whole thing. If you skip ahead, like, every 10K, there's an entirely different scenario different guys off the front, uh, different race going on. Watch from the beginning, uh, watch the break sprint for, for first and then again for fourth, and then you can turn it off. I'll save you the last 15 minutes where the pack is just like riding in, nose breathing, because they're on just an entirely different day. Our sponsor today is First Endurance. I've been working with First Endurance for 10 years now. They do great supplements. A recovery drink is really good. What we're gonna talk about today is the EFS electrolyte mix. It's hot as hell out. You can't just be drinking water. Uh, you need something that's science-based, no compromises, uh, that's what First Endurance is. Constantly researching, I'm constantly getting like little white baggies full of powder to test and fill out forms and send back. And you really see the results in the final product. Uh, you can try the EFS Pro Watermelon for 25% off right now. No code needed, and they'll throw in a free water bottle. It's too hot out now to be drinking water. You're gonna cramp up. Try the First Endurance. All right, I'll try to do a quick uh, big picture recap. The GC is pretty much decided. Uh, all that's watchable for us is, is potential stage results, stage wins. Uh, I'm just looking at this rest of the tour as a bunch of one-day races. And a lot of teams now and specific riders are like, oh crap, we need a result. They're seeing it the same way. Yesterday in the finale, I mentioned that Askreen benefited from the work of Campanerts and his teammates. There's two guys out of four in the breakaway. But to be clear, uh, Askreen was not sitting on the breakaway all day to dust them in the finale. Uh, he did his work. He earned his win. But to me, Campanerts' commitment, the last five, three, one K, uh, the stage, they wouldn't have stayed away without that. The other thing I didn't mention yesterday was uh, Alaphilippe disrupting the, the chase. You don't do that. That's just not a move. That, that's, that's some Cat 5 shit. When there's a team on the front, when guys are organized, uh, you let them rotate through, let them take their pulls, pull off, uh, and you stay behind them. The whole, like, well, I'm going to act like I'm pulling through and then swing off through the middle or whatever. It seemed like Alaphilippe was doing a little bit of that. That's amateur hour. He should know better. When we talk about, like, Philipson getting aggro and being aggressive and being a dick, uh, that's why. And sometimes you do deserve it. If you pull moves like that, uh, expect an elbow, expect a headbutt, expect a shoulder. Julian is probably a big enough name that he can get away with it. But I guarantee you that if he was the one who was trying to organize it and someone got in his way, uh, he, would, he would do the headbutt, he'd do the shoulder. Uh, just good old bike racing hypocrisy, which, which is part of it. It's fun. So today, like I said, we're on stage 19. Uh, tomorrow's a hilly one, and then you've got the Champs-Élysées, which is classically a sprinter one. This was really like the last chance for some guys who wanted to win on a breakaway, for some teams who were like, oh, we need to get a result. Uh, and it showed. Guys are sort of like, well, we might as well just blow our legs up now. Uh, whatever's left. It's like the last, the last shot of the fireworks when they just blow everything off that's left. So there was an early break. It was big. Some of the teams weren't happy about it. Uh, they went to the front and drilled it to bring it back. There was a split that formed. There's a point where Adam Yates was in a split. He was, he was tailgunning. He's on the back. Uh, and, and had to get back across with the help of his teammates. Then there was a small break. It had like 40 seconds. Uh, at one of the intermediate sprints, the, basically the guys who were sprinting just continued to work together and got across to the breakaway, so now it's a bigger move. So that was how Philipson got across, defending uh, his green jersey from Mads Peterson was up the road. It's like a smart, sneaky, opportunistic bridge by him. And of course, Campanerts, uh, somehow not fatigued from yesterday, he attacks the break with Simon Clark. Uh, there's a point, they had a decent gap, but there's a point where just he cracked Simon. Simon just grabbed his right hamstring and just like, oh, I feel that. Uh, Simon, I guess, didn't have enough first endurance. But th that's just wild to me. It, it takes a lot to crack Simon Clark in a Grand Tour. Finally, a group formed out of the breakaway. Uh, it's Askreen, it's Mahorik, and O'Connor. 
That's what we got by Gracie Matz. I love when breakaways just get weird and messy like this. So you've got three guys up front and nine in the back. So the nine chasers should have no problem getting across to the three, except in that nine chasers is Philipson. So none of the guys want to help him work. So they're all thinking like, oh, this is your problem, Philipson. You've got, he had Matthew Vanderpool to help. So it's three chased by nine, but it's really like somewhere between two and a half to four. Then Pidcock is sitting on. Nobody wants to give Pidcock a free ride. So at some point in the group of nine, it looked like Philipson was just like, well, F it, I'll just pull through and I'll work for Vanderpool. He'll sit on and maybe he'll be able to bridge and do something magical. And the front three, they're doing weird math too of like, okay, uh, I know I'm going to get outsprinted by Casper Asprin. I have to make him pull a little bit harder. How much does he have to pull to soften him up so that I like my chances? Or do I have to go early? Or do at some point we just decide like now he's pulling the last two and a half K and that's enough. Or are they thinking like, look, if the three of us go to the line, I get third. That's better than if we get caught by the group of nine and then I'm going to get sixth out of that. So everyone in this group has their own ambitions, their own plans, and their own like mad tactical goals to get there. In the end, the front three worked pretty well together until like the last K. Uh, ben O'Connor launched like kind of the only move he's got. Askren is a better sprinter, has to close it himself. And Mohoric had it perfectly situated, still barely got it. Bike throw on the line, uh, photo finish situation. A minute later, the sprint for fourth, it was everybody against Philipson, uh, and he still really just dusted all of them. Mishap, uh, Adam Yates missing the split early on. When you're in the GC, he's third overall, you've got to be vigilant. It's not a huge risk that he's going to miss a big split uh, and lose his GC, but it just makes it harder on his teammates and it wouldn't be unprecedented. Positioning in the race, it's stressful. You got to be on top of it all day. You're just constantly moving up. Uh, it's just easy to tail gun, go to the back, not worry about it. But really, you never know when you might pay for that. Armchair team director, uh, I like all the teams being aggressive today. I like them trying to put Phillipson on the back. I thought it was smart for, for Mads to get up the road. They just weren't content with a controlled field sprint scenario that wouldn't work out for them. Armchair race organizer, this course was harder than it looked on paper. Uh, I like them putting the classic C stages kind of late. Like early, they they did a thing like they'd had the Roubaix stage would be in the first week and they do the crazy cobbles. Uh, put that at the end. Like now that could still be a GC day. Uh, now we really got to pay attention. You don't want a disaster to happen on those stages. So I kind of get it. But I'm also thinking like, you're going to give us a reason to watch when the stages are like this. I was watching in person today, where would I want to be? Really anywhere, it's kind of all the same. You're just seeing a bunch of madness go by. Somewhere like 30, 40K to go, I saw uh, they passed a dog that was sort of barking and the guy was holding his dog to make sure he didn't run under the course, uh, responsible by him. I'd want to be there and, and comfort the dog. Dogs are stressed, there's a lot of noise. I want to just say, you know, good boy. Unanswered hypotheticals. Anybody in that breakaway could have won today. Everyone right now is sitting in the bus at the hotel thinking like, okay, maybe if I'd attacked at this moment with this guy or bridged that or not made this effort. Uh, breakaway stages are just so much fun that way. Betiel, he made that split of three. Uh, ben O'Connor, maybe he should have started attacking at 3K to go and then he and Mahorich work over Askreen. There's just a million ways that it could have panned out with a little bit different tactics, a little bit different finesse. Uh, winning out of a breakaway really is an art. Once you've watched the breakaway sprint, now you can turn it off. The rest of it is like 10 more minutes of just the group riding in nose breathing. It looks like they're on a coffee ride at a training camp. Our other notes, Mahorich cried to the finish line. Always like to see that. I don't know why. So if you're just in it for the climbs and the, the GC stuff, uh, this stage is not for you. But if you like to watch bike racing, uh, today's stage was a hell of a bike race. Okay, that's it for today. Tomorrow we've got more climbs. I'm not really seeing Tade go for it. I just don't think he's going to pretend to make up seven and a half minutes. I think I think he's scared now. I think he sees that he's vulnerable. So tomorrow, maybe look for a breakaway to get huge time. Look for Jonas to be defensive. Probably put time on Poggi again on accident. But hard not to think it's not going to be a good stage with a course like that. I'll put a link in the description to First Endurance. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks.